Hello, this is Phoenix Pots Balkan and EU series. I am Hamdi Frat Büyük from Phoenix Baltic. Today we will talk about the recent developments in the Balkans, especially the new sanctions from the UK and the United States, Serbian elections, the future of Bosnia and many other topics. Today my guest is Srećko Latal from Sarajevo. Latal is an experienced journalist and a prominent political analyst on Bosnia and Balkan affairs. Latal is currently working as Bosnia country editor at Balkan Insight, Balkan investigative reporting network's flagship publication. Uh, Latal previously worked for Associated Press, World Bank, the EU International Crisis Group and many other prestigious institutions. Uh, hello Srećko, welcome. Uh, hi Firat and uh, glad to join you. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's our pleasure. Uh, Srećko, I would like to start with the new sanctions on Bosnian Serb and other Balkan politicians. The UK and the US announced new sanctions this week against corrupt and separatist leaders. Do you think that the sanctions are effective and other European countries, especially Germany, will follow the suit? Well, uh, in a way, you know, these sanctions were really long in waiting because one of the usual recommendations from uh, local and international experts for many, many years uh, to the international officials was to use, among other things, sanctions uh, to make sure that uh, local politicians in Bosnia-Herzegovina and the rest of the Balkans are held responsible uh, for populist, nationalist, and uh, corrupt policies that they've been mostly engaged uh, over the past uh, few decades. Um, whether this, these sanctions will work will uh, still remains to be seen. It will depend on many different things, mainly um, how firm uh, Europeans and Americans are in, in, in following on these sanctions and, and further developing them. Uh, but also communicating them, which is very important element in the Balkans, especially when it comes to uh, the Serb population, because there is, um, since the war, the Bosnian Serb leadership, and especially the current uh, Bosnian Serb leader, Milorad Dodik, uh, has managed to somehow persuade Serbs that they are the biggest victims uh of the, of the war in Bosnia that they have been on the receiving end. And for this and other reasons, uh, sanctions against Serb officials, especially from Americans, uh, have been usually having opposite effect, meaning only reinforcing those people uh, who are uh, on the sanction list. And, and, and we see this because uh, Milorad Dodik has been on, on American sanctions for several years now, and several of his party colleagues as well. And uh, the matter of fact is that, unfortunately, population in Bosnia-Herzegovina and, and especially in the Serb-dominated entity of Republic of Serbia, they know very well uh, what Dodik and, and, and his cronies were doing. Uh, there is ample information present in local media about his wealth, about his mansions in, in, in Republic of Serbia, in Serbia, um, but nevertheless, um, they continue voting for him for a variety of reasons. Um, as, as you suggested, uh, more, uh, more sanctions are expected uh, among uh, some of the countries 
uh, that have announced that they will probably impose their sanctions against uh, Balkan officials is Germany, and they may be followed by the Netherlands. Um, as we know, European Union, unfortunately, thanks to Hungarian Prime Minister Orban, was um, not able to agree on uh, joint sanctions. So as a result, EU member countries are now forced to consider imposing their individual sanctions against uh, Balkan uh, officials, including those in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And um, as I said at the beginning, uh, the success or the failure of these sanctions will depend on how well these sanctions are thought through, how well uh, they're researched, um, how well they're targeted, and, and especially how well they are communicated to the local community. And I have to, to, to say that so far, unfortunately, both European Union and the U.S. administration uh, really in the past did not do a very good job in, in, in uh, really properly uh, elaborating and communicating uh, these moves. Yeah. Uh, this week's another important topic was international communities high representative in Bosnia. Uh, he used bone powers and suspended uh, Republika Srpska's entity law on immovable property. After years, a high re- representative used bone powers. Uh, I would like to ask you, why now? What is he planning? <laughs> well, um, that's the question maybe for high representative uh, Ambassador Schmidt. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm privy to his plans, but... Um, he used sanctions now uh, because uh, to 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 suspend uh, the uh, the law on property, which was uh, adopted uh, months ago by the RS National Assembly. Uh, it is one of the key laws uh, that may be important for for countries' continued path to NATO. Uh, this is also the law that was uh, imposed years ago by one of the previous high representatives, uh, Petty Ashdown. So the, uh, the the adoption of the law by the RS National Assembly in, in the text that it was adopted was kind of open uh, challenge to the office of the high representative. And also, it uh, it was uh, it was something that could have uh, undermined. Uh, continued efforts of Bosnia and Herzegovina to move towards more towards European Union. Um, I'm not sure whether the NATO at the moment is, is a feasible option for, for, for Bosnia and Herzegovina. So in a way, uh, this was something that was expected. Um, the way how Office of the High Representative reacted uh, was, uh, let's say, relatively prudent. I mean, they... Uh, the, the intervention of the high representative was not broad in the spectrum. It was kind of more of a surgical intervention uh, done in a way to uh, avoid, if possible, confrontation with Dodik. Nevertheless, as, as we have seen, Dodik has reacted uh, very badly and, and very uh, strongly to, 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 to this move. Uh, and I'm afraid that um, now uh, the office of the high representative and 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 Milorad Dodik uh, find themselves once again on the collision course because it is uh, quite obvious 
that Dodic will not back off. Uh, and um, this means that uh, he has already challenged Office of the High Representative and, will, and he will uh, continue challenging uh, them and defying them, uh, which means that uh, already now or very soon, uh, Bosnia's High Representative Petitioner uh, will have to consider using further bond powers. And this was one of the main reasons why uh, high representatives uh, have not been using bond powers uh, essentially for, for many years. It, would, it was used twice since 2011. Um, it was used in 2011 uh, in, in order to, uh, to, to enable uh, establishment of the federal government. And uh, back then it was... Uh, it became quite clear that uh, the intervention of the Office of the High Representative was uh, violating the constitution of Bosnia-Herzegovina, and, and it drew some really uh, negative comments and, 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 uh, and put Bosnia-Herzegovina into even a more difficult situation. And then the, uh, the, the, the last one before uh, Schmidt used his uh, bond powers was uh, the uh, the decision of previous high representative Valentininsko to uh, to impose the law against the negation of the genocide uh, last June, just before he uh, has left his post, and even that uh, decision was highly uh, controversial and uh, opened what many uh, experts said opened Pandora's box. Um, and 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 there was a major radicalization, for, uh, especially from the side of uh, of Milorad Dodik that followed. I mean, not that Bosnia and Herzegovina did not need that law, but many local and international experts officials uh, believe that Valentininsko should have uh, imposed that law uh, ten years ago and not now. I mean, not not last year. Uh, thank you, Srečko, for your insights on Bosnia. Now I would like to go to a regional and international level. So uh, I would like to go to the election results, actually, in Hungary and Serbia. In both countries, autocratic leaders, namely uh, Viktor Orban and Aleksandr Vucic, won uh, other victories. And it seems that the League of Authoritarians will continue in the region for quite some time. So how will this affect the region? What is your opinion? I mean, this this will certainly have major uh, multiple effect on 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 the Balkan region. Uh, you know, especially regarding the elections in, in Serbia, but also the outcome of the elections in, in Hungary. Uh, we have already seen that uh, Hungarian Prime Minister Orban uh, has uh, toughened his position and uh, even kind of openly clashed with uh, with Ukrainian officials and blocked the uh, European Union from uh, considering and using uh, sanctions, uh, joint sanctions against Balkan politicians. So we are already uh, have, having and seeing very, very concrete uh, negative effects of the elections in Hungary. Um, I would say that there is uh, even broader uh, impact uh, that these results will have on the Balkans because, um, as you know, for 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 17, 18 years, Balkan countries were were on their path to EU uh, enlargement, EU membership. And uh, over the course of all these years, it became clear to Balkan people and Balkan officials 
that European Union has a um, different approach to the rule of law, implementation of the rule of law, respect of human rights uh, within its own uh, borders, and uh, different to, the, to, to those expectations uh, and requirements from, from uh, potential future member countries. So in a way, I would say that the first effect of, of these elections in Hungary is, uh, is, is that uh, the Balkan people will again see um, that European Union and some European Union member countries are not really setting a good example uh, on what European Union requires from future members. So in a way, it will further undermine uh, the importance and the relevance of the European Union and European Union uh, enlargement perspective uh, for the Balkans. Uh, the, the completely separate thing is is the uh, elections in Serbia and and the importance of the elections in Serbia. Um, Serbian President Aleksandar Vucic um, has been definitely one of the main uh, leaders in the region. Uh, he has been influencing not only uh, Serb officials in in, uh, in in Republika Srpska, in Montenegro, in northern Kosovo, but um, his uh, foreign policy of of different chairs, as as it is called, uh, has made uh, Serbia a, a central part of almost the geopolitical uh, developments in the region because he has uh, managed to to establish and make deals with uh, pretty much all of main foreign actors you know from from US and EU to China Russia and Turkey and, and even Gulf countries um, all this uh, has started changing since the beginning of the war in Ukraine and now, uh, Serbia and its president, Vucic, uh, seem to be forced to choose. Um, this is now something that will determine uh, not only the future of, of Serbia, but also the future of the region, because uh, according to different reports, Serbian president Vucic is now forced by uh, U.S. administration and, and the EU to finally make up his mind and uh, choose his future uh, allies, uh, be it from the West or from the East. Um, the key question here will be whether or how much wiggle room uh, the West will uh, leave him and whether Vucic will still manage to negotiate some kind of, um, some kind of pact where he would uh, not really uh, break away from from uh, Russia in, in a hard way, uh, but kind of continue some at least business relations because, as uh, some local experts point out, Serbia is fully dependent on uh, Russian gas and on the low price of the Russian gas that Vucic has managed to negotiate. Uh, immediately after the elections, um, Vucic will now enter negotiations with, uh, with with Moscow on the price of gas, on eventual sale of uh, the main uh, oil company in Serbia, Nice, uh, which uh, as a Russian company is facing sanctions. So uh, there are ongoing debates about possible buyover uh of this company by either Serbia or some other uh, countries. 
so this future orientation of Serbia will, as I said, uh, determine the, the the fate of the rest of the region because if Serbia becomes more uh, more reliable partner to the West, uh, that will have uh, some serious implications, especially on uh, Vucic's relations with Dodik and with some other hardliners in uh, northern Kosovo and uh, Montenegro. On the other hand, if if Serbia turns more towards Russia. Um, that will only reinforce the populist and nationalist uh, officials in in these countries. So, in a way, uh, the future orientation of Serbia will determine the future orientation of the Balkans. And um, Serbian President Vucic um, obviously knows this very well and will try to use this fact um in his future negotiations with his eastern and western uh counterparts. Oh thank you Srechko. You already mentioned actually the uh, effects of the Russian invasion of Ukraine uh over Serbia but I would like to ask you uh what are the, what are the general effects of this war on the Balkans? I mean the war is going somewhere which no one predicted at the beginning. And definitely, Balkan region will be affected by its outcomes. So, I would like to hear your opinion about this. Well, I mean, the the, the war in Ukraine um, has brought uh, brought a, a whole new level of complexity to the already serious uh, crisis in the Balkans. Um, but it has also offered, I would say, some opportunities and chances for the resolution of the Balkan crisis. So on the one hand, uh, when the war started in Ukraine, in some countries, and especially in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, this brought fears almost like uh, the Balkan or Bosnia will be the next country where the war start. Uh, people were behaving almost like Ukraine was on uh, Bosnia's eastern borders uh, instead of Serbia. Uh, and that's that 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 is in a way understandable, having in mind that especially Bosnia and Herzegovina went through that horrible uh, war uh, between ninety two and ninety five, and also having in mind that Russia has uh, quite a strong uh, presence and influence in the region, including uh, in Republika Srpska, where Russia has been uh, one of the main political partners of Milorad Dodik for many years. So there is, uh, on the one hand, there is a general uh, concern and even fear uh, among uh, some experts, some officials, and and ordinary people alike, that um, the war in Ukraine, uh, if it continues for much longer, will eventually spill uh, over to the Balkans, that Russia will try, uh, as they say, to open a second front uh, wherever it has uh, presence and influence to do so, uh, be it in in South Ossetia, in Transnistria, or or in Republika Srpska, or northern Kosovo, or Serbia, or Montenegro. Uh, The the purpose of this, uh, according to these opinions, is or would be to... Uh, to draw the attention of the uh, American administration, especially of the European Union, away from uh, what's happening in Ukraine, and also to um, once again warn uh, European Union 
that Russia could uh, single-handedly destabilize uh, the Balkans, which is considered to be the soft underbelly of the European Union. Um, so um, that, that's kind of one side of the equation. On the other side of the equation is, lies the opportunity, which uh, came uh, from a very strong and united stance of uh, European Union and U.S. Uh, on, on the war uh, in Ukraine. And uh, the Balkans and the rest of the world has seen for the first time in many, many, many years uh, European Union standing strong and united and determined to do something, uh, not shying away from political issues and, and security issues, but challenging them head on. Uh, but I have to say that that this uh, fact is, is already slowly dissipating uh, because uh, over the last few weeks and days, we have seen European Union slowly falling back to its previous positions, uh, being internally very divided, being unable to agree on what to do with, with Ukraine, what to do with the Balkans. Um, in, in the past month, there were many uh, discussions at the highest level in European institutions and among EU member countries, uh, not only about uh, Ukraine, but also about the situation in the Balkans. And uh, we have heard for the first time very clear and very, and very strong uh, messages coming from some uh, EU member country countries, uh, leaders and officials uh, admitting their own mistakes and um, showing willingness to, to, to find new approaches and to uh, fix problems in, in Ukraine and, and, you know, to stop war in Ukraine and then fix crisis in, in, in the Balkans. But on the other hand, I have to say when, uh, you know, we, we hear those statements and those messages, but then when we look at the actions that European institutions, primarily European Commission, are doing, we see that uh, European Union uh, institutions are... Uh, lagging behind EU member countries, that they are trying to hold the 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 the, the old course, uh, that they are sticking to old messages and old ideas which uh, really didn't work uh, in the Balkans or in Ukraine for the past 15, 20 years, and um, I'm afraid that um, we don't have too much time. I mean. Every day and every hour that uh, the war in Ukraine continues, I'm afraid that there will be greater possibility for that war to uh, not only continue uh, causing major casualties in Ukraine, but also to spill over into some other parts of Europe where Russia has presence and influence and where Russia wants to uh, use to, to destabilize it, to destabilize them. So um, I think that um, European Union has little time left to, to uh, firm up uh, its approach and, and to decide whether it really wants to um, grow up and uh, mature and, and, and do something about its in, in direct environment and, and neighborhood. Um, if not, I'm afraid uh, that the, the crisis that we are seeing in the Balkans and in other parts of uh, European Union is only going to uh, continue deteriorating. 
Thank you very much, Sergio. It was a very nice chat with you today, and I am sure that our listeners will be also glad that we had you today. Thank you again. It was really my pleasure, and uh, all the very best to you and to your listeners. Uh, thank you. Uh, dear listeners, today at the latest episode of Phoenix Sports Balkan and EU series, my guest was Srećko Latal from Sarajevo, and he commented on the recent developments in Bosnia and Herzegovina and also in the region. Hope to see you in another episode of Phoenix Sports.